Hi everyone, I'm David G, Content Director and Editor-in-Chief of Boating Industry with another edition of Boating Industry Insider, joined now by Jim Emmons of the Water Sports Foundation. Jim, welcome to the program. Glad to have you here. Hi, David. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I always enjoy our conversations uh, about a wide range of topics, in, including uh, uh, where we like to go boating. So uh, let's, before we get into the specifics about where we are and how safe boating is and, and whether our trend lines are going up or down, let's talk a little bit about your organization and, and kind of how it fits into the boating industry landscape and your relationship with the Coast Guard, how you get funded, some of those kinds of things. So why don't you just talk a little bit about who you are and what so, you do. Yeah, so that's that's easy. Um, the Water Sports Foundation originated as a sister organization to the Water Sports Industry Association, mm -hmm. which is a member um, group for water sports manufacturers, dealers, uh, cable parks, uh, etc. And um, back in 2004, um, a colleague of mine there, Larry Maddock, and I decided that it was probably a good idea that we create an educational arm of WSIA in the name of Water Sports Foundation. The sole purpose of the Water Sports Foundation was to um, seek and manage uh, U.S. Coast Guard boating safety grants. And um, we started working towards that goal in 2005, but it wasn't until 2011 that we got our first grant from the Coast Guard. And um, since 2011, we've been a um, a Coast Guard safety partner uh, and with uh, grant awards uh, anywhere from a half a million to $1.1 million per year uh, for a variety of different project ideas that uh, are all outreach oriented uh, boating safety projects. And uh, we like to think that we've become one of the best outreach partners for the, for the U.S. Coast Guard uh, because we use the boating media, uh, both trade media and consumer media to just, display messages out to voters about being safe on the water. Yeah, well, we certainly appreciate that relationship and, and try to do our part. And uh, for those of uh, you who read our, our, our e-news subscribers, you'll note that uh, we recently posted, I won't call it a promotion, but you, you did get named to uh, kind of a, a, a new role and some new responsibilities. Why don't you tell, uh, tell us a little bit about that? Well, the most recent role is uh, the Coast Guard um, asked me as a member of their National Boating Safety Advisory Council to become the chairman of the council, which was quite an honor. In fact, when they called, I was like, are you sure you have the right phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, they assured me they did. And uh, so I've been for about two months now, three months, I've been the chairman of the advisory council, which um, mm -hmm. is a federal advisory council required by Congress to advise. Um, most divisions of government have uh, FACA. I think there's over 200 FACAs in, in federal government. Uh, but it's to advise the, the various departments or agencies, in this case, the U.S. Coast Guard, about you know, Coast Guard business. Uh, the, FAC, <clears throat> the FACA meets twice a year. The last meeting, though, was the first one ever we had to do is virtual because of the COVID-19 travel restrictions. No one could get to the meeting place. But uh, I am proud and honored to be um, serving the Coast Guard and then to be asked to be the chairman of the council is just beyond belief. So I'm excited to be serving this role and looking forward to helping make voting safer. Yeah, good, good for you. Congratulations on that. And uh, making boating safer is what you're all about. It's certainly, uh, you know, something that, that every manufacturer, every dealer, marina boatyard, uh, and on and on, our entire audience and ecosystem can certainly uh, easily get behind 
I know when we when we talked and kind of were, were prepping for this conversation, uh, you had had told me some uh, recent statistics about uh, particular small crafts, stand up paddle boards, and and some of these other things that are gaining in popularity, particularly this summer. Uh, uh, so let's talk kind of now broadly about some safe boating statistics in general. Uh, boating deaths and accidents uh, going up or down? Well, the new numbers for 2019 just came out about two weeks ago. And uh, the, the Coast Guard is the uh, agency in which all states and territories forward their boating accident reports. Um, it takes the Coast Guard about the first five months or so of the year to, to culminate all the reports. Uh, they do a culling to make sure they're, um, they're legitimate. They make sure uh, that ones that shouldn't be there are removed, ones that are missing are added. So they spend a lot of time in detail getting these reports uh, uh, as accurate as they possibly can be. But uh, the, the report just came out a few weeks ago. And we're happy to hear that the number of boating deaths dropped again for the third straight year. Uh, in 2018, there were 633 deaths in boating. That's, that includes paddle sports and all forms of boating. Um, but this year, 2019, there were 613 deaths. So a net uh, decline of about 20 deaths, that, uh, that fewer that occurred in 2019 than 2018. And uh, as one of our biggest metrics for you know, following along on how well we're doing with our outreach programs, we were excited to see that the number had dropped again for the third straight year. Mm -hmm. And what are you? What, what are some of the things you're attributing that to? Uh, just education, awareness, uh, equipment. You know, uh, better training. Let's talk a little bit about why. Well, you're David, it's all of the above. I mean, there there are efforts going on in every one of those areas. Um, you know, folks like NASBLA have done a great job on education and training. Um, other organizations like National Safe Boating Council uh, doing a great job with their Wear It campaign. Um, uh, National Safe Boating Week. Uh, there's just, there's so many, you know, great things that are going on um, that are all attacking the problem from different angles. But I like to think that um, outreach um, has had something to do with the, with the uh, decline. One of the things that we do in our programs, our outreach programs, is we track them with uh, follow-up survey uh, information. And since the very beginning of our, our first grant uh, in 2011, we uh, surveyed the audience in um, 2011 to find out what their attitudes and behaviors were with regards to boating safety. And then we hit them with a campaign, like a six month campaign, and then surveyed them again to see if there was any improvements. And I gotta say the first couple of years of, of doing this, we didn't see very much uh, of a change. We didn't see a lot of Delta there. We saw um, <clears throat> that some areas were maybe moving a little faster than others, but we didn't, see the real wholesale gains that we thought we, we would see. But after about the fifth year or so, the survey results started to show, <clears throat> excuse me, that the, um, the voting public was starting to adopt safer voting behaviors and uh, increasing their awareness of basic voting, voting safety, like things like uh, wearing life jackets um, and, and putting restrictions on the number of people on their boat that they allow to have alcohol. So little, little things like that, but over the course of the last seven to now nine years, we've started to see some dramatic changes. And um, you know, when we see the last three years in a row that um, the deaths in boating declined, uh, we think that perhaps that there is a trend here with what we're showing in our surveys um, and boaters are showing us that they're, they're showing an improved awareness of, of boating safety. Doesn't just, it's not a coincidence. It looks like it's, it's a trend. 
Well, kudos to you for that and, and to the entire industry who, you know, from, from manufacturers to dealers uh, on down the line for, you know, making that uh, what seems like uh, a priority and, and, you know, getting the word out. Now, uh, in our conversation, we also, or, or I learned something that, that had kind of escaped my attention in this, this broader landscape and underneath this, this broader kind of picture of, of good news. And that is a, a little asterisk in a specific category where uh, you're not actually seeing uh, those trends go down. So talk about the small craft, uh, canoe, kayak, stand-up paddleboard, and, and what some of the, the numbers <clears throat> you're seeing there. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it was back in, I think, 2015, uh, the late Dr. Dan Maxim, who was a previous um, um, in uh, BSAC uh, Council Chairman, uh, presented a, a presentation called All Things Life Jackets. And I think it was like slide number six or number seven. He showed the number of deaths that occurred in paddle sports. And up until that moment, I had never, I hadn't dug into the research that deep to see that, but I was shocked to see that so many people were perishing in paddle sports. And, um, you know, it just became at that moment, like a light bulb moment where I said, you know, we're going to focus on this. We're going to try to do something about this paddle sports, what I call epidemic and, um, and see if we can turn this around because um, people are, are getting access to the water with cheaper vessels. Um, kayak manufacturers have found a way to roto mold a kayak for super inexpensive prices, sometimes $149. And they're being sold at big box stores. They're being sold at club stores where no one's there to help them understand that they need to have some basic knowledge of paddle sports safety, that there are inherent risks of paddle sports and that they should have a life jacket and a signaling device. And if it's a stand up paddle board, maybe a leash, just think basic things like that. They put that, kayak or stand up paddleboard under their arm and go off with their mm. with their groceries for the week and and then next week they're up at their uncle bob's cabin or somewhere and they're out on the water and someone gets in trouble they're either in conditions they're not able to handle for themselves or that the vessel wasn't intended to handle and uh then there's a disaster someone's either hurt or drowns and um those numbers have been unfortunately increasing in fact in the last um the last numbers I just quoted for uh, the new report of 2019, while overall boating deaths went down from 633 to 613, kayak, uh, excuse me, kayak, canoe, and stand-up paddleboard deaths went from 134 to 137. So they increased, um, <clears throat> sorry, 133 to 137. So they increased by four, um, which is kind of bucking the trend of declining, yeah. Yeah. Uh, declining deaths. So we're trying to put a little more emphasis on what's going on with the paddle sports market. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one because a lot of folks, especially some of my colleagues at the U.S. Coast Guard, like to call them as the unreachables. Mm -hmm. These are people that have, have recently purchased one of these vessels. Uh, they don't belong to a club. They don't belong to a um, – or subscribe to boating media of some sort or paddle sports media of some sort. So there really is no way to know who they are. They just went into – a Sam's Club or a Walmart or wherever, and they bought, you know, a $149, $199 vessel and went out and got themselves in trouble. So we have, uh, we have been trying to, um, in fact, before I go to some of our yeah. measurements, I was just going to yeah. show you together a, a little bit of a graph okay. on the number of deaths in uh, boating. Yeah. This is um, <clears throat> all of boating. You'll see human powered is 27%. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Powerboat is uh, 67% and sale is only 3%. Sale is the absolute safest of, the, um, of all the categories. Uh, and then the last one, the little blue slice is mm -hmm. called unknown, other or unknown. So mm -hmm. sometimes they're just not sure what vessel it right. was when they make the reports. But this to me is alarming. When you've got nearly one out of every three deaths occurring in paddle sports. And a minute ago, I said 134, 133 deaths. This is 167. This includes some other categories like uh, rowboats mm -hmm. and inflatables. Mm -hmm. So it, it does grow a little bit more. But I, I feel like that because this is such a uh, large piece of this pie, that it, it just needs additional extra attention. Mm -hmm. And we've had um, for a number of years a special paddle sports grant that we use um, to go through the paddle sports media and try to inform paddlers about safer paddling behaviors. There's a whole series of videos each year that's creative. Some are very, very comical and very humorous and, and, and really get the message across uh, very well. Um, <clears throat> but they don't reach the unreachables. Those guys that go into those club stores or big box stores and buy one of these vessels, no one gives them any, uh, um, any knowledge about life jacket wear or, or taking a boater safety course or anything like that and they get in trouble. So my most recent campaign was um, we decided to draft a letter, uh, an open letter to all the big box and club store manufacturers, or excuse me, retailers, and to ask them to join the conversation on safety. You know, we're not sure what the solution will be yeah. that would maybe help uh, mitigate some of these accidents and deaths, but if we can get these retailers just to get involved and to join in on the conversation, maybe they'll have a earthbreaking idea that you know, would be a way to communicate with these folks. Um, you know, we don't want to do anything to prohibit sales. We right, wouldn't want right, to put, right. you know, signage up at the point of sale that says, oh, you must, you also have to wear a life jacket because that could cause uh, the guy who's only got $200 in his pocket to go, well, if I have to buy a life jacket in addition to this vessel, I can't afford it. So I'm not going to do it. And he walks away and it could, could, um, you know, it, it could, could hurt the sales. We're not, we're not interested in hurting sales. We want to see boating and boating activities uh, proliferate and we want to see them we want to see more people on the water so um, but the solution to whatever that is if we can get these retailers uh, to just get to the table with us and, and discuss you know one suggestion that came through was maybe it's as simple as putting a, a reminder at the end of the receipt mm. or on the back of the receipt that mm -hmm. says you know hey you purchased a device that requires your attention mm -hmm. um, the kayak or the stand-up paddleboard you purchased you also should get, you also need to have a life jacket and a signaling device. And, and so they've already made the purchase. So it wouldn't, I don't think it would impede, you know, sales um, or hurt sales that much, but it would be after the sale notification that um, the purchaser needs to get a life jacket at least. So we're hoping we can get some communication back from these manufacturers, excuse me, these retailers that'll, um, that'll bring them into the discussion and and from there, maybe we'll get some solid um, some solid ideas that we can implement that will one day make people that are buying these vessels at these bigger box stores and club stores more aware of you know what's also needed instead of just the vessel itself. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. You kind of alluded to it at, at the outset of your explanation. It really is kind of counterintuitive when you think that you know about water sports boats, something near and dear to, to both our hearts. You know. 22, 23, 24 feet long, thousands of pounds of ballast, uh, surf tabs, uh, three, four, five, 600 horsepower motors, you know, skiing at 34, 35, 36 miles an hour, wakeboarding at 16 to 20, surfing, you know, uh, 
with all that weight in the boat. And yet here are these non-motorized, you know, vessels, uh, as you call them. I, I don't even sometimes even I have to remind myself to think of them even as a vessel. Yeah, of course, it's, it's access to the water. So it gets me on a lake. It gets me on a river. Uh, it gets me on a bay. Uh, so, you know, of, of course, it's, it's a vessel. But it just is something that I don't think of as, as a, you know, strong swimmer who constantly wears a life jacket. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like an inherently dangerous thing. So it's a great reminder that in fact it is, and that we all have to take caution. We all have to, you know, you know, apply those same rules about being weather aware and, and, you know, limiting alcohol intake, all of those things. But uh, uh, it's, are, are you seeing, Kind of is it is it drowning? Is it getting into situations uh, that that are you know out of their control? Is it bad weather? I mean, are, are you seeing one kind of particular thing across uh, the majority of the? Are they just kind of a combination of? It's a combination of a lot of different things. Um, but we think that some of the leading ones are um, weather. You know, not not being aware of changing weather, um, getting yourself into conditions in which you're not capable to handle or your vessel's not capable of handle. So you paddled out too far, you right. know, you went right. out offshore, um, you know, a few hundred feet from shore, no problem. But when you get a little further out, you get right. more wave action. Um, the vessel gets swamped. You get knocked out of it for some, somehow, and you can't get back in. Right. Uh, if you weren't wearing a life jacket and you're not a strong swimmer, then yeah. you're in a very dangerous situation. Yeah. Very dangerous. Um, but it, it also includes impairment. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of folks uh, buy these vessels for, um, family activities or parties or whatever. And, you know, people are, are drinking at parties and having fun. And someone says, let's take the kayak out or stand a paddleboard out. And, and uh, in impaired conditions, it can, it can be even worse. So mm. um, it's a lot of all of the above really, David. But um, I think that, you know, if, if we can get the retailers to help us by reaching out to these folks, We'll zero in on areas that are the ones that are the most important, you know, for the me for the messaging, and we'll remind those um, those purchasers that they need to have life jackets number one, and they should have a signaling device and the carriage requirements that are required mm -hmm. by the U.S. Coast Guard, uh, and that they should probably take a paddle sports safety course. I mean, that's where they're going to learn everything they're going to need to know about being a safe paddler. You know, one of the things that we're seeing in, in all forms of, of recreational activities in boating, fishing, RVs, uh, power sports, is that not only are sales really strong kind of in the past couple months since, since this COVID, uh, the COVID crisis hit and, and people are trying to find new ways to, to recreate, but what is kind of exciting to, to everybody in all of these industries is that the number of first timers is gone up exponentially in some categories as much as as 50% of unit sales are going to somebody that is a brand new first timer. While that is exciting and great news for an industry, uh, it is also kind of incumbent on all of us on that industry to remind all of, the, uh, you know, for those of us who have been around it for years, just remind ourselves as well as, as others that, you know what, with that first time sale comes an extra added responsibility to say, you know what, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to know what it is to operate this, whatever it is safely, you know, for you and for everybody else. Exactly. You know, um, we started our whole uh, um, outreach campaigns back, like I said, in 2011 mm -hmm. with a consumer outreach and uh, we use consumer media to tell people to wear life jackets and to be safe on the water, so forth. 
But um, after about three or four years, it, it became evident to me that maybe the next step in this whole process was to involve the trade media and to try to use uh, trade media, like boating industry, for example, to, um, to get to uh, boat retailers mm -hmm. and boat manufacturers, uh, distributors, manufacturers reps. I mean, anybody that's in the trade side of the business to also be promoting safety. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had an interview, uh, interviewed once uh, one of our local dealers here in town and I asked him all about these sorts of things. And I said, mm -hmm. what do you do when you have a boat sale? What are your, what are your, um, um, you know, what are your steps, in, steps in, yeah. in getting a guy ready to go out to, you know, take advantage of the, take advantage of his new purchase. And he says, Oh my gosh, we go through an extensive, mm -hmm. you know, very detailed checklist of safety things, including using the um, engine cutoff lanyard, which, yeah. you know, for a lot of folks is ignored and i was happy to hear that they um you know use the engine cutoff uh lanyard as one of their one of their opening um pieces in this whole safety discussion uh but life jackets also are included and, and they go through the whole boat and talk about all the different things that are safety and they, they encourage the um the, the new the new buyer to take a boating safety course to learn more about this sort of stuff but you know at this point we didn't know exactly uh how many retailers were just like this one so we we submitted for a grant request to uh get some of the nonprofit voting grant dollars to use in a trade capacity mm -hmm. we're now on our third year with that program um which is where we've created a we created a video that basically says to a retailer hey you're on the front line of voting engagement you're right there with the consumers no one's positioned better than you are to remind your new customers mm -hmm. that they need to take a boating safety course and that they you know need to be aware of life jackets and the inherent risk involved with boating and if if you will take the steps to make uh, that safety information available to your new your new customers and now especially these days where so many of them are new to boating right. uh you know then we feel like we we have a better shot of reducing these accidents and deaths even further well, I can, I can speak from personal experience that I would say the vast majority, if not literally every one of our top 100 boating industry, top 100 dealers have demo and delivery checklists and they're not leaving that to chance or to a salesperson that hopefully remembers it, but no, they're, they, they've got a checklist and they're making sure that you know, most of these dealers include uh, a life jacket set with, uh, uh, you know, with the purchase, they uh, are, are talking uh, about safety when they when they go through that that demo process they're talking about safety in the delivery so so I know having having you know seen those those uh, those activities take place that that they take that very seriously and that uh, you know they they want that customer to be happy and healthy and stay safe on the water we have we have yeah, every, we, every we, motivation for that to happen you know yeah we don't we, we don't think that the top 100 is our market we we're yeah. pretty sure those guys are on it I mean they've got um, liability and risk assessments that they're right. trying to, to, to manage. It's the next 100 and the yeah, 100 after that, they were, yeah. <laughs> we're really more focused yeah. on trying to make yes. sure that they also are, are performing these sort of things in, in their deliveries of the new boats as well. But um, we have high hopes for that program yeah. and, and also for our, our outreach letter to the, um, to the right. kayak retailers. Right. You know, if we can get um, the retailers, I think more engaged in the, in the safety discussions on both fronts, power and human powered, um, I, I think we have a better chance of reducing these these senseless deaths even further. Yeah, well that, uh, I, I've loved the conversation, it's gone by fast. Anything you would like to, to add here in, in closing as we, as we wrap up? All I can say, David, is that we are really very thankful yeah. uh, and blessed to be in the position that we are to work with the Coast Guard. 
and especially with you at Boating Industry. We thank you so much for uh, all the promotion you guys do to help us with this mission uh, on behalf of the entire recreational boating safety community. Mm. Um, and we just want to continue to keep going forward to uh, try to make this better for all of us, better and safer for yeah. all of us. Well, we certainly appreciate the, the partnership. We certainly appreciate the effort. And uh, let's make sure that uh, all of those trend lines across all those categories continue to, uh, to go down or in some cases uh, reverse themselves and begin to go down. So, hey, thanks for being with us, Jim. Really enjoyed the conversation. My pleasure, David. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for you to you for, uh, for joining us here. I'm David G, Content Director and Editor-in-Chief at Boating Industry. And this is another edition of Boating Industry Insider. Stay healthy, stay happy, stay safe, and we'll see you on the water. Bye-bye.